Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. I want to talk to you about born in the wilderness, born in the wilderness. We all know the incredible news of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Let's, let's just give the Lord praise for that. Father, we praise you today. Lord, there's great joy in the house of the Lord because, God, you have done something that was seemingly impossible, God, but it's the beginnings, Lord. We know there's much work to do, but, God, we thank you for, Lord, overturning and saving the lives of children, God, and, Lord, giving life again to America. In Jesus' name. Born in a wilderness. You know, for too long, America has not heeded God. Instead, we've tried to become God. Tony Evans says, one of the purposes of the wilderness is for God to show you that he is God. Yes. I'm going to say that again. One of the purposes of the wilderness is for God to show you that he's God. So when we're going through challenging situations and we're being tempted and we're thinking, if God loves me, why do these things happen? It's because he recognizes that the spirit of Jesus that lives within you and me is able enough to empower you to resist all the works of the enemy and for you and I to walk in victory no matter what is happening around us. And sometimes we don't necessarily get it and we start doing our own thing. And that's when the Lord may allow certain things to draw us to himself. Now, I don't believe, you know, God put sickness on anybody to teach them a lesson, but I do think that there are issues that we face that we won't realize that greater is he who is in us until we have a battle before us. And when there is a challenging situation that we don't know what to do with, we humble ourselves and we watch him begin to move on our behalf. Luke 5.16 says, so he, speaking of Jesus, himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He often withdrew into the wilderness why, why would he want to do that? I mean, if you've been to Israel and you've seen the wilderness, that's a real wilderness. <laughs> it's, there's desert. It's hot. You know, it's, there's not much around. There's not many rivers going through the desert sometimes, you know, and, uh, or, or an oasis of some sort where you can rest. And it might seem intense, but Jesus, before he even started his ministry, went into the wilderness. Yeah. 
And yes, I'm sure he knew the confrontation that he was going to have with the devil. But the fact is that Jesus went into the wilderness because that was a part of his regular lifestyle. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he lived that way so that he could set an example for you and I. That the wilderness should not change us, but we should change the wilderness. That we should go and no matter if we're tempted or hardships or challenged with things like he was with the enemy, that we would make ourselves a house of prayer that no matter where we are, the spirit of God is upon us because he's anointed us to preach the gospel. And we're not intimidated because we walk in intimacy with our heavenly father. We are to represent him and be ambassadors on this earth. If Jesus wasn't afraid of the wilderness, then neither should you and I. And I believe the wilderness period that America's been in for these last 50 years because of the terrible agreements that we made with the enemy to allow abortion in this country. I believe this has put us in a place that God didn't intend for America to go to, but however, he's redeeming and turning things around because in the midst of the wilderness, there's been a remnant people starting to arise. We just recently spoke at a church in Kernersville, uh, North Carolina, where Casey actually lived for a while in a church that she and her family went to. And this church lost their pastor in February. He had a stroke and just wasn't able to continue to do his normal functions. So they've been looking for people to come and preach and teach and hoping to find a pastor. I think we got a job offer about three times when we were there. And we said, well, we love it. And it's awesome. I mean, they've got incredible property buildings and some unique people that are there. And we just know we're not supposed to be there. (laughs) And it was 49 years old. And in this October 30th, you know, I'll be 49. And I was born in, in 1973 when the institution of Roe versus Wade uh, took place and we allowed abortion to be legalized in America. And while we were there, I don't, we went on like a Wednesday night and there were maybe 15 people there. And I don't know what anybody expected, but when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're not intimidated by what's happening around you because you know that God has done so much on the inside of you, you know that the fire on the altar of your heart should never stop burning. (laughs) And when you go to a place like that, I'm not looking to just, you know, give a nice message and make people happy for the most part. I'm, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to move. And he did that night. And I think the people were a little bit surprised because they hadn't had something like that happen in a while. It was unexpected. It was a suddenly. It was where the Lord began to move among them and people were crying and people were broken. And I love to see the Holy Spirit move upon people because when we leave, we want to make sure that they know what, that they can go with him and go a little bit deeper. 
I believe, you know, it's been these last 49 years have been very difficult in America for multiple reasons. All the things that we read in the news, uh, the political issues, the wars, all the challenges that we face with racism and, and you know, all the stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I believe that there has been a, a very specific breakthrough that we experience and yes, it's for the protection of children in a womb, but I think God has something more to do with that. I just believe that this is the beginning of a great awakening. I really, I'm, I'm going to declare that. I, I'm not saying as if I know something special than anybody else. I'm looking at things just like you are. But in my heart, we were not supposed to be here um, for as far as we, as long as we thought we have been, you know, we came here in March 2nd, 2020 with the, with the purpose of being here for three months and going back to the Philippines. Have we known that things like this would happen where we'd be shut down, unable to go back? We would have never have gotten on that plane. I can promise you that. And yet it was the Lord who brought us here. And I just believe that we're not any more special than anybody else, but the burden that we carry for revival, we felt like the Lord just wanted us to sow seeds. So we've been up and down the East coast five times in the last two years, preaching the gospel, just going, encouraging people to pray, encouraging people to seek the face of God. And I, I want to encourage you guys because I'm seeing those things here in this local body and what God can do, no matter how many numbers you have, that, that really doesn't matter because the Lord has plans that we know not of until we get into his presence. And the more that we pursue him and we see things happen and things come into alignment, you got an incredible worship team. You have incredible leaders who are just standing in front of you. You have so much happening. And I want to encourage you to not miss the opportunity and, and allow the enemy to isolate you in your life to make you think that, you know, yeah, there's, there's too much going on in my life and I can't focus on the kingdom. Friend, if that's the case, you need to repent. <laughs> You need to see things beyond your own little property, okay? You got to see uh, the nations. You got to see things the way that God does. You got to see this state. You got to see this county. You got to see this city of Georgetown and what God wants to do. I find that when we go up a little bit higher with the Lord, that the things that we thought were so big and important, we just don't see it the same way. But that's what happens in the wilderness is when we get alone with God and we don't rely on someone else's relationship with God, nor do we go to church to get Jesus, but we bring with Jesus with us a church. And then we come together and we have this expectancy. Somebody said that word this morning. There's expectancy. And I, I don't think the expectancy is because we're here. I, I don't think the expectancy is just because of the worship team. I think there's people here that are seeking God on their own and it's making a difference in this community. And God's adding to your number. He's calling uh, people to this house that will make a radical difference in the things in the days to come. You know, after 40 years of wandering in a wilderness, Moses died and Israel went into the promised land. After Moses, of course, Joshua was born and 
in the wilderness and, and, and he led Israel into the promised land. By the way, tonight, I want to encourage you to come because I felt a very specific thing to do by pronouncing blessing tonight. Uh, I believe we're going to talk about the blessing of the Lord and what that means. But I, I, I really believe that specifically the Lord said that he's going to set people free from disappointment. Amen. Set people free from curses. From curses. Look, I, you could be, you know, feeling great in the Lord, but then there's this thing that hinders you and you don't know why. And you're thinking, man, I'm doing everything I know to do. Why am I not breaking through? Well, listen, we want to agree with you tonight. We want to see God break through in your life. Amen. Look with me in Joshua chapter one, and then we're going to go to Joshua uh, five. I'm just going to read verses one through nine. I want to give a little background here. So after I'm reading from the new King James version, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. I have given you, as I said to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their forefathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all to, to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand, to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Again, I believe this Roe versus Wade has marked 50 years of wandering in the wilderness for the church. I believe this revival or Jubilee time for the church is not about us being comfortable not about us saying we had a great breakthrough, praise God. Now we can get back to normal and thus not feel any responsibility. No, this is only the beginning. This is the groundbreaking. God is, is putting a cornerstone in and he's trying to lay a foundation to renew covenants he's made in the past with the forefathers of this country. To revive those things once again, to rebuild his house in this nation. Once again, I believe this revival time for the church is about walking by faith and power. 
For those who've been born in the wilderness, and I would specifically say from 1973 until this day, the spirit of Joshua and Caleb I'm declaring is upon you today. The church has crossed the Jordan, is moving into the promised land for the next great awakening of revival for America and the nations. What happens when a dam breaks? I had this picture of two or three days of a dam just breaking. And I looked online, I think it was worldatlas.com, and this is what it says. A dam is a structure built to store large volumes of water, control the flow of water, or divert water flowing from upstream. Under international humanitarian law, dams are classified as dangerous installations due to their potential to cause massive damage to the case of failure. Dam failures may lead to loss of lives, economic losses, and destruction of the environment. Although dam failures are caused by several factors such as extreme inflow, use of substandard construction materials, poor maintenance, and design error, failures are relatively rare. Immediately when I read that, I thought about revival. I believe the Roe versus Wade dam breaking is a spiritual picture of revival being unleashed in America. What happens when revival breaks out? Well, this is my definition. A revival is a structure built by God to release large volumes of water, of power, control the flow of evangelism, and guide the direction of missions. Under God's grace, revivals are classified as divine appointments due to their potential to cause massive transformation of people and nations. Revivals may lead souls to being saved, economic success, and renewal of society and culture. Although revivals are caused by several factors such as God's sovereignty, prayer, fasting, obedience, and divine interruptions, these revivals can be rare since the unity in the body of Christ plays such an important role. I really believe that God's mercy has has allowed the church to be sifted in the wilderness so that a remnant people would arise because God desires to use all people, but not everybody wants to do things God's way. And God will not allow us to have our own way and just bless it and say, okay, that's the best they can do. No, he's a God of excellence. He's a God of divine destiny and power. And when he sets things in order, he expects us to follow him. When we abide in the place of intercession and agreement with God's word, the church will learn how to walk in unity, align with God's plans and give him the excuse he needs to pour out his spirit and revival. Let's turn to Joshua 5. Joshua chapter five, we'll start reading in verse one. You say, you're reading a lot of scripture. Praise God. Finally, we're getting back to normal. You know, I've heard that in China, some of the revival that's taken place there, one of the, if not the largest revival in the history of the world may have been taking place in China and still is amongst the underground church that believers don't always necessarily have a place where they can meet without them, you know, being dealt with harshly by the government. And then they would pray 
and say, Holy Spirit, where do you want us to meet? And I heard a testimony once of a church, probably about three, 400 or more people that they would pray where to meet and the Holy Spirit would guide them to this forest at three in the morning and 300 people would show up. There's no text messages. There's no communication, but they'd all show up together at the same place. And then they would just worship and meet with the Lord and they would have 18 hour services. So let's see, we started at, (laughs) but think about that type of hunger. Think about that type of longing for the presence of God when you're in the midst of hardship and trial. See, a lot of times we don't look to God until we need him. And God loves us and he wants to meet our needs, but that's not the goal. The goal is you and I to become intercessors. It's to join with him in partnership, knowing that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that we are to proclaim the gospel no matter where we are and no matter what's going on in our lives, to walk by faith. Amen? Joshua chapter 5, starting in verse 1. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan, there were these kings who... We're not excited about Israel coming across. (laughs) And all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan. Heard the breakthrough of what's happening in America. From before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because the children of Israel. I'm not, we're not against the liberals and Democrats. I want to see revival and awakening take place. Revival's for the church. And when the church gets right with God, awakening takes place to those living in darkness. Those who are living in darkness begin to see a great light. But see, until revival takes place, until the wall breaks down in our hearts between us and God, we're not going to be able to cross the Jordan and go into the places that the Lord has, is, has told us to go into for decades. Israel had been wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. And now after Moses had died, he raises up Joshua, people born in the wilderness. And he's saying, go and cross the Jordan. And while they're going, there's no spirit anymore in the enemies that had the control and the uh, strongholds that they had across from the Jordan. Because now they know that the spirit of God is upon the children of Israel. And he's not a God of the trees and of the sun and of the moon and the stars. But he, he, he just, he doesn't, he's not limited to be represented as that. He's the God of everything. Verse two, at the time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again a second time. We know that circumcision is a cutting of the flesh and, and, and that represents a a covenant that God has with us through blood. 
Jesus was, was persecuted. He was beaten. He was wounded and despised and rejected by men. He shed his blood so that the covenant we have with him, he now circumcises our hearts and we can be born again. Verse 3, so Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Lord, let the men of war in Delaware let, let that spirit that Pastor John talked about that has been on this state, Lord, let it be falling on its knees before you. God, we declare that men of peace are arising in Jesus' name. Men and women of great peace. Men and women circumcised in the heart and during the wilderness. Verse 5. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. There is something that God wants to do in regards to now we're having this breakthrough and we feel this sense of joy and excitement, uh, expectancy of what God's going to do in our midst. The first thing that we have to do, number one is to be circumcised in our heart that we have to understand before the Lord. We thank you for your breakthrough, for your sovereignty. Nobody else can get the glory for what God has done in our midst. I, we know people who work with Lou Engel's ministry and we just got their newsletter the other day and they for 18 years have had an individual praying on the steps of the where was it? The Capitol building or the Supreme Court? Supreme Court. Every day for the last 18 years. Somebody was there wearing the red tape that said life. Friend, what we're experiencing as far as breakthrough, other people have paid an incredible price. And I want to tell you that it's not... So easy for us to just say, well, I know where I'm going to cast my vote. It has to be more than that. We have to feel this. We have to be responsible. We have to understand that over 60 million babies died. It is worse than the Holocaust. I don't know if you've been to the Holocaust Museum. We've been to the one in D.C. We've been to the one in Israel. And, and the one in Israel, when you go into Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum, at the end, there is this like almost like a funnel, uh, this circular building that you look up and it's just pictures this size all over the place of people that died in the Holocaust. And it just goes up and you can't see the end of it. And it gripped my heart because I said, Lord, why in the world did this happen? I don't understand. And, and yet at the same point, I do understand because of the wickedness of mankind. But instead of pointing the finger at other people, we have to say, Lord, what role did I play in this? Maybe you did or didn't have an abortion. But I want to tell you, if we are not standing in the gap and believing for the breakthrough. It's harder to rejoice than those who have been there standing in the gap all along. 
And as much as we can thank God and say, well, I wasn't able to do that. And I've been doing other things. Praise God. I don't know what you and I have been doing these last 40 to 50 years. But what I know is this, is that there is a breakthrough right now. And if we thank God for it, which we should and be joyful about it, which we should, we also have to be realistic and understanding. There's a tremendous amount of work that needs to be done. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.